Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. And um, I, I really like kept playing with this. It was, it's the first time that uh, the pastors have all got together and said, let's do a series together, let's develop it together. And uh, so like, it was just a, a real process of just kind of listening to each other, talking to each other, and, and meditating and praying. And, and um, I got this message, and I'm really excited about it. We're going to look at Peter. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at Peter. And actually, Peter's writing in, 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 his, in, in 1 Peter chapter 5 is one of the specific places we're going to look. But for me to go there, I had to go back and just look at Peter's life. And in John chapter 21 is a key moment in Peter's life. John chapter 21, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, you can. I'm going to actually just be kind of walking through that passage with you uh, today. And so I'm going to read the first three verses, I believe. It's the first three verses out of John chapter 21. It said, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called uh, Denamos, I can never say those names, uh, Nathaniel uh, from Canaan in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee. And the two disciples were, uh, the, the, the other two disciples were together. Peter said, I'm going out to fish. And they said, we will go with you. So they went, they went out and got in the boat, but all night they fished and caught nothing. Now, this is, uh, this is, uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, this is after Jesus, you know, entered the room where they all were, and, and after Peter saw the empty tomb, after all of this, and Jesus had, a, had been appearing to them at different times uh, throughout the, la- the next uh, 50 days, and this is one of the scenes in which, uh, it's probably, in my opinion, probably one of the first scenes that happens where Jesus appears uh, my thinking is this, that Jesus came into the room, he showed, showed them that he was, he was resurrected, and then he left, and, and then they like, well, what do we do now? And that's kind of the position that Peter and the other disciples were in. They knew Jesus rose from the dead. It's like, now what do we do? What's going on? And I think maybe a couple of days went by, and Peter didn't know what to do, so he decides that what he's going to do is He's going to go back to doing what he always did. He's going to go back fishing because that's what he knew. Now, for those that don't know, uh, you probably do know if you don't know, there was a time right before Jesus' crucifixion that Peter made the big statement, right? Everybody know the big statement? I'll never leave you or forsake you. uh, You know, I'm not going to, just like God would say, uh, Peter said, no way, I'm going to be with you all the way to the end. I'll never deny you. And then what does Jesus say? Jesus says, that's some bad news for you, Peter. You're going to deny me and, you know, three times before the, the rooster crows. Peter's like, no way, never going to happen. We know, we know the story that what happened was that, you know, Peter followed Jesus while he was, you know, going in to be uh, uh, examined by the, by the Pharisees. And, and he, was, he was by the, the, the soldiers and course, the soldier's like, you're one of them. Everybody would understand that, like, you know, you know, on, they're soldiers. But the third time, you know, we find it, it's just a little girl. Just a little girl. 
saying, you're one of them. Peter's so scared at this point, he denies Jesus. And I wonder if he must have thought throughout that time after Jesus, you know, after he left, Jesus ran away and was kind of probably all alone and feeling quite uh, humbled by the, by the whole thing. I wondered if he heard those words that, that uh, Jesus said, you know, uh, if you deny me before men, I'll be deny you before my father. I wonder. Because Jesus did say that. I wonder what was going through Peter's mind, you know, like, oh no, I did all these things wrong. And then all of a sudden, of course, Jesus rises from the dead. He sees him. He's, he's all excited. Uh, and, 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 and Jesus reveals himself. But have you noticed that there has not been a conversation between Peter and Jesus uh, yet? Like there was probably some unresolved issues between Peter and Jesus. And, and I would say to you that, that when we don't have these conversations, when we don't have these critical conversations with God over things that we've done wrong, or over, over uh, disappointing issues, over things like that, when we, we hold them in and we don't have them, we tend to lose ourselves and lose our purpose, and why God is our Father and we are his children. I would also say that we have this oftentimes that when we don't have these conversations with the Lord, we'll go back to our old ways, just like Peter did. We'll tend to go back to our old ways because what else are we going to do unless we face God and talk to him about these things? What do we do? We tend to avoid him. When we avoid him, what do we do? We go back to our old ways. So even though, uh, and if you know this uh, story of what happens here in John chapter 21, even though John, uh, Peter is all excited, we're going to talk about these things. Now let's go all the way back in Peter's life before we get to this so we can kind of understand what's going on. Now, I love Peter, man. Peter is like, go big or go home. I mean, Peter, you got to love Peter. Go big or go home. He just, he just goes for it. He is, he is there. And, and the first time that Jesus meets Peter, he gets a nickname. The first time in John chapter 1, he gets a nickname. Rock. He's going to be the rock. The first time he meet, Jesus meets him, he looks at him, and he knows who he is, and he declares who he is. And he says, Peter, he says, you're the rock. Simon, you are the rock. That must have, I don't know about you, but that must have made him feel pretty good. I'm the rock, baby. Look at that rock. You know, I'm the rock. And I wonder, I wonder through his life when, 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 when he was made, because we all know Peter. That's why I like Peter, because Peter made a lot of mistakes, right? Peter's, Peter's one of these guys who makes a lot, a lot of mistakes. You know, everybody gets, on, everybody gets mad at him or, 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 or kind of knocks him and, and makes fun of him because he's the one that, you know, went out on the water and started sinking. Yeah, but he's the only one to get out of the boat. You know, big or, go big or go home. So he's getting out of the boat. He's, he's the one that's always in the front. Remember, Jesus said, who do people say I am? Everybody said, well, you, they think you're the prophet. Peter, you are the Messiah, man. He, he declares it. The funny part about it is, here's Peter, go big or go home kind of guy. He, they say, they, he, says, he says, who do you think I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. And, and, the, and Jesus says, only the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. And then 
Jesus decides to tell them some truths. And the truth, you know, I'm going I'm to get handed over to the Pharisees, you know, and I'm going to be beaten, and then I'm going to die. Cost Peter, go big or go home. No way, Jesus! That's not going to happen to you. I'll defend you till the end, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know is Jesus going, Peter, get ye behind me, Satan, for you have not the things of God in mind. The poor guy, man, he's like up and down, up and down, up and down. The first time Jesus meets him, not only does he get his name or, his, or what God sees him to be, but he also gets his purpose. He leaves his nets, and what does Jesus say? He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So he gets his name. Right when he meets Jesus, Jesus does not see him for who he is. He sees him for how God made him. I love that. And not only that, he gets his purpose. So he gets his name and he gets his purpose. At day one, he decides to start following Jesus. Now, I don't know if your mind is like mine, but if I was sitting where you are, my mind would be ticking away going, that's exactly what God did with me and with you. The day you started following the Lord, he gave you a new name. There's a new name written down in glory. I got the old songs in my mind today. Glory, 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 and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. You got a new name, amen? And you not only got a new name, it's written not only in glory, it's not only written in the book of life, it's actually a mark on you that you can't see. You go from sinner to son. You go from, 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 from foreigner to citizen. You become his bride. You become part of his family. You become what they call, and I'm in a few weeks I'm going to talk about this, you become a saint. That's right away when God looks at you, when God sees you, when, he, when, 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 when you drop your nets and you say, I'm going to follow you, you get a new name. It's a glorious name. And that's what Peter's name was. It was a rock. But I wonder, at, in chapter 21, if he really felt like a rock. See, his purpose also was, was to be fishers of men. And, and I'm wondering if he thought, oh, how could I be a fisher of men? By the way, when I say he was called to be a fisherman or given a purpose, he was given a purpose to lead. And I would say to you today that every one of you sitting here has been called and has a purpose to lead. Now, what did the Bible say? The Bible says, and Peter wrote this in his book in 1 Peter, he said, we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation and we are kings and queens. Tell me a king, a ruler, who isn't a leader. Tell me a priest who does not lead. We've all been called to lead. Now, everybody gets nervous when you use uh, this, this, this idea of leader. I'm a leader. How can I be a leader? You are a leader in your family, among your friends. You have to understand that the Bible says that you have this 
treasure in earthen vessels. What that means is God has put his Holy Spirit in your heart. And when you're walking around in this life, there are people around you that have never seen the light. You have to lead them. They will never find the light unless you lead them. Can I get an amen? So, so this means that we're all leaders. I love what Romans 10 says this. It says, how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone, uh, and how will anyone go and tell them unless they are sent? Go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus said. He said, you shine your light before men that they may see your good works and glorify him who is in heaven. God has called you to lead. Now, leading is very simple. It's influencing. And I know I'm going to get in trouble when I do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Every person here is a leader, whether you like it or not, because every person here is influencing someone. Because leadership is just simply influence. And you are influencing people all the time. Can you imagine? Here's Peter. Peter, the rock. Peter, the rock. He's the rock. How did he influence that girl? How did he influence the other disciples when, when, when he said, I'll never deny him? He was influencing people. He was so influencing people, when he said, I'm going to go back to my old ways, I'm going to go fishing, what did people do? They followed him. And that's what people will do with you. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's those that you work with. Maybe it's those you work for. Maybe it's those who work for you. How can I influence my boss? By doing the right thing, even if he doesn't want you to? That will influence him. You're always influencing, therefore you're always leading. And God has given you a name, a name that says you are a ruler. You are a king, you are a queen, you are the, a priest of the Most High God. You are a leader. The question is, is where are we leading them? What are we doing? How are we influencing them? That's the question. It's not whether you are or not. It's what you're leading them to. All right, let me get back up here before I get in trouble. Okay, already in trouble. So here's Peter making all kinds of mistakes, being in and out of of, of doing the right thing and then doing the wrong thing. A poor guy, just like me, just like you, right? My question is, do you think that Jesus looked at him any differently throughout his life? Eh. No. I, 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 I'll, say, I'll say it this way. I know this is, maybe sounds uh, funny, but can you just picture the Holy Spirit handing the pen to Peter and saying, Peter, you're going to write letters that hundreds of millions of people are going to read the letters you wrote. Because I'm going to inspire you because I saw that in you the day I met you. Because you were a rock then and you are a rock now. 
God said, you were forgiven then and you are forgiven now. God said, I loved you then and I love you now. God said, you will lead people influencing them then and you are leading and influencing them now. Just like Peter. The question is, as I said earlier, this is a key moment. What are the decisions that you're going to make after you fall? What decisions are you going to make about leading and, become, and being the person God wants you to be? Because decisions at points of, at key moments in your life will determine how far you go and how high you rise. It will, every time, it will show how far you go and how high you rise. Look at the decision that Judas made after he failed. I actually believe that if Judas fell on his face before Jesus and said, I'm so sorry, I sold you out for 30 pieces of silver, I believe that Jesus would forgive him. But instead of making that decision, he made a decision based upon himself rather than following, rather than repenting. So it doesn't matter how many mistakes you made. It doesn't matter how big a mistake you made. It doesn't matter what you're doing and, and, and how well you're doing it. You just got to keep coming back and God will continue to look at you the same way he did at the day he met you. I believe this is a key decision or a key moment not only in your life but in our community's life. The community of ICCIFGF, it's it's a key moment. Will we lead? Will we influence? Will we shine our lights now to the people that are in need? Or will we just kind of worry about our bank accounts? And then here's Peter. I'm going out fishing. They all went out and they caught nothing. I, I believe this is a this is kind of funny because I, I believe that this is, this is like showing you when you do it your way, when you go your direction, when you go in your old ways, you're going to produce nothing. Because Jesus said what? Without me, you can do nothing. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. And so here is Peter. He, he hasn't caught anything and I love it because here... Here he is, he's, he's, he's out of the boat, and, and, there, and there, this is a familiar scene. He hasn't caught anything, and this guy on the shore is going, hey guys, how you doing? Caught any fish? You know, I believe that what Jesus is saying right there. Are you tired of doing it your way without me? Are you tired of producing nothing? And when I say producing nothing, you can be making millions in producing nothing. Because dollars mean nothing. What are you doing to influence people's lives to show them God's love? What are you doing? Are you working with Him? Or are you just kind of on your own? Because you'll produce nothing when you're on your own. It goes on, and here's the rest of kind of the story at at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but disciples couldn't see who he was. And he, he says, fellas, have you caught any fish? And that's what I just mentioned. And then he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll, you'll get some. So they did. 
hmm, I'm sure there was some bells going off when that was happening. And they couldn't, they caught so much that they couldn't haul the net in because they had so many fish. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on a, on a, on a tunic and for he had stripped, he had been stripped from, for work, jumped in the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed in the boat and pulled the load of the net to the shore for they were only about 100 uh, yards from the shore. When they got there, they found fish, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking on the charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some fish that you caught, Jesus said. Simon was on board. I mean, talk about excitement. They couldn't pull the boat. They couldn't pull the fish. It was so big, they couldn't haul it. But when Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do something. Man, he was so excited. He grabbed that net by himself. That dude was powerful. And he pulled that net in by himself. He was so excited. I wonder if also he was trying to say, Jesus, please forgive me for what I did. And so he was trying to do all these big things for God. But he's still avoiding the conversation. Ever do that? Husbands, ever do something? Got you in trouble? Put you in the doghouse, as we say? You don't really want to have the conversation with your wife. You just want to do a whole bunch of things. Hope she'll forgive you because you do a bunch of things for her. That will not let this go. Maybe you're here today and you have some things that you've done against the Lord and you haven't had that conversation with Him. Well, I'll tell you right now, we're going to have communion in a little bit. It's that time to have that conversation. The time to unburden and talk of him about the things that maybe you need to get off your chest. Just maybe, just maybe he'll forgive you. Of course he will. You don't think that Jesus wasn't thinking about what Peter was thinking about? You don't think that I always say that there was this like kind of white elephant right there in the room with them. He knew. He was waiting to sit down and have that conversation with Peter. Verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? So I just get this picture that here they are eating breakfast. And, 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 and Peter, I have a feeling that, you know, of course, the, uh, John, the one that, that Jesus loved, was always sitting next to, he was always looking for the seat next to Jesus. And so I have a feeling that, like, you know, uh, Peter was sitting kind of probably a little bit further away eating, thinking. Because when we haven't had that conversation with God, we tend to sit a little bit further away from Him. Because we're afraid to talk to Him. Afraid to face Him. Do you love me, Peter? Uh, he says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Peter replied. You know I do. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep or my lamb. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus would ask him the question the third time. Lord, you know everything. Can't you feel Peter just breaking? Just 
breaking down. Three times he denied. Three times Jesus asks. I could just see it happening. No words are exchanged yet. Just these, these kind of words that don't seem to be making sense, but I think they both knew. Jesus was like, I know you denied me. I know you did. But I know you love me. I know that you're scared and worried about maybe uh, not being the leader that God's called you to be. But he knows that you love him. He knows that you love him. And he gives instruction here. He tells us how to lead, how to care. You love me more than these. Some have said he's actually looking at fish because that's what they were doing. Do you love him? Do you love Jesus more than your work? Do you love him more than yourself and your self-survival? Do you love him more than the worry that you're holding on to? What he's saying when he says, you know, feed my sheep, what he's saying is, take back the title and the purpose that I gave you from the very day that I met you. It's funny. He doesn't say, like, I forgive you. It's already implied. What he's saying is, I know who you are. I know the leader and the person that I made you to be. I gave you a purpose. Get back to the very basics of what I've called you to do. Take the position back. We were riding in the, we were riding in the car yesterday. I don't know why I'm sharing this. We were riding in the car yesterday and and uh, uh, our grandkids were in the car, and Neen is like, can I listen to Lion King? And the story is about the kid, right, who runs away. And of course, the wise monkey thing. Go back and take the position that you were meant to take. You are kings and queens of the Most High God. Take the position. Walk in that. Walk in that holiness. Walk in that righteousness. Walk in the grace that God has given you and lead people and influence them towards my kingdom. That's really what Jesus is saying. And he tells you, he says, feed them, care for them. Go back to the calling. COVID junk messed us all up, made us worry about so many things. We lost jobs. We've lost millions of dollars. We've lost all kinds of stuff. We've lost relationships. We've lost closeness. I have felt it. I know. It doesn't stop us 
from fulfilling the purpose of God's will. So will you take a position of leadership in your family? Fathers, husbands, will you take the position of leadership in your family? You say, I'm not a father. You're a brother or you're a part of a family. Take the position of leadership. Lead your family. Influence them. God loves you. He gave you a name, which is the book. This earth. He believes in you. I hate to say it that way, but he does. He believes in you. He believes you can do it. He gave you the Holy Spirit to do it. Among your friends, be leaders, influencers. Take your position. Lead people to the Messiah that you know. Love them. Give your life as a ransom for many, just like Jesus said. This is what he's talking about here. So this morning, we're going to take communion. Every time I take communion, I always look at it kind of like two seats at the table. Jesus sitting in one. And, and if I could do it this way, Jesus going, take the seat. Maybe he's saying to you, do you love me? You've denied me, but do you love me? I know you do, but I want to ask you anyway. Will you take that position? Will you begin to talk to him and let him know? So you have communion with you. I'm going to ask anybody that's online, if you don't have uh, something, grab anything you can out of the refrigerator. Juice, whatever it is. Piece, a cracker, a piece of bread, something. Stop everything you're doing. Sit up in your bed. Excuse me while I tell them what to do. <laughs> Sit up in your bed. Take a moment and sit with God. Sit with Him. Jesus took the bread and He said, this is my body which is broken for you so that you could be healed you could be whole. His body was broken by the things that we did wrong so that the things that we did wrong would not be held to our account. Let's share one more thought here and say this, that sometimes the devil is really good at this. I believe some of you here are repenting for the things that you've done and, and the devil is saying to you, uh, yeah, but tomorrow you're going to do the same thing. Forget about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
Repent now. Give it all to Him now. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. But today, God wants to give you healing, wholeness. So let's raise up our bread. Lord, by your stripes we are healed. Lord, your body was bruised for our transgression, broken for our iniquities. Every one of us has, 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 has gone astray, and, and, and Lord God, I thank you for forgiving us and dying on the cross to make us whole, take away the penalty and the punishment that we deserve. Thank you, Lord. You were punished so we don't have to be. Thank you, Lord. Just take a second and, and tell Jesus you love him. Love him. I love you, Lord. Go partake of the bread. If you'd all stand. Thank you for shedding your blood, Lord God. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you for your new covenant with us. That, Lord God, provides forgiveness and healing and wholeness and restores us and brings us into the position, wonderful, right, a right position with God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we drink this cup, we thank you for what you've done. We declare that we love you. And Lord, we will shine your light. We will take the position you've called us to, to be. Royal priests, a holy nation, a people for your possession, oh God. Thank you for taking us out of darkness and bringing us into your light. Let us partake of the cup. I'm just going to ask the musicians to stop for one minute. We're going to sing that old song again. I need some help. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turn with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Thou changest not thy compassion, they say.
Great is thy faithfulness, Lord of We bow our head and our knee to you. We thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you anoint every person here. Lord, as they leave, I pray just as you anoint them here, the anointing would go forth. And Lord, they would shine your light to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.